Hello and welcome to another episode of Wealthy Expat. This week I've got Charlie on the show. Charlie is the Regional Director for API Global in Europe. Um, it's great to have you here, Charlie. Thank you for coming. I hope you're well. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. All good. Good to see you, albeit virtually. Good to see you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've got to, got to adjust. Hopefully in two weeks' time we'll be, uh, we'll be able to see each other face-to-face again. Fingers crossed I'll the restrictions are fully... Exactly, exactly. So um, it's great to have you. I thought today we'd, we'd run over some some interesting topics around international investment and European investment, also understanding your journey, how you got to where you are today and and uh, doing what you're doing, essentially, and all the, uh, the other little bits in between. Um, I was fortunate enough to work with Charlie at De Vere uh, when we were both working in London, working on some investment property stuff for De Vere. Um, and now we've both gone our separate ways. And yeah, I guess just the, the property journey and the, the property industry, you always end up back in contact with these sort of people. So it's good to, good to have you here. Um, so I guess let's start off with a bit of background on you. Where did you start your journey? How did you start your journey? Why essentially did you get into property? Um, and yeah, we can go from there, I suppose. I mean, so I, I started in property effectively from when I was seven. Um, I mean, I, I know I've probably told you before, Chris, but I was a very sad child yeah. and I used to save money to buy houses. And that's genuinely, I've got no idea. I think I saw some of my family members were in property and I, and uh, they were able to live comfortable lifestyles. And I, and I think maybe from a young child, I thought, okay, I want that. So I just decided because they did property, I'm going to. And to be honest, I've been obsessed with it since. I mean, I bought my first investment property at 18. Uh, and then ever since I bought properties, I started off very much in the, uh, what we'd call a run-in-the-mill buy-to-let route in terms of, you know, the, the simple buy-to-let residential houses. And then as you do in property, you start to experiment with other options, the off-plans, the developments, the HMOs, the social housing. So we've done, done an element of developments, albeit small developments personally. Um, obviously with yeah. API and the beers of the world we've done large developments but um personally it's more small developments and yeah and and to be honest just, i've just lived and breathed property for a very long time now very long time yeah, definitely definitely how many have you got now in your uh, your portfolio <laughs> uh more than 50 less than 150. <laughs> i don't like to oh say <laughs> I do get asked that, but obviously my wife watches these things and she don't need to know those sorts of things. <laughs> Keep it secretive, <laughs> that's fine. But that's an impressive portfolio nonetheless. Um, and interesting to know, at the moment, I guess, in the UK, are you are you still looking to invest? Is there things that are attracting you uh, in different parts of the country, be up north or, or down south or even on the Isle of Wight? Um, it seems Isle to be quite hot from what I've seen. Yeah, it's, uh, what, what's happening? Exactly. To me, with the, the English, I'm, I'm biased towards the English market because I've seen, you know, from my personal point of view, I've seen it work time and time again. So to me, when there's any, ever an element of uncertainty, you invest, uh, that, that, the successful ones do. And I think uh, if we rewind, and I know we're going to go into a bit more depth about this later, but if we rewind back to post-COVID yep. uh, and whatnot, people were saying, oh, it's going to crash because of COVID. Well, it's been the opposite, which we'll go into yeah. detail. Uh, so I took the opportunity early doors to buy a couple. Uh, I'm glad I did because both of those 
have now increased in value. Um, and and actually, I'm in the process of buying another one as we speak. And, you know, it's a little bit more than I'd want to pay. However, yeah. as long as it's a long-term investment, you can't lose in property. Exactly. Exactly. That's the mindset. You can't look at it as a, a quick flip and yeah, two, three years down the track, make a fortune off it. It's not going to happen. And so it's about research. Long-term mindset. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's about making sure you invest in the right areas. Don't get me wrong, the Isle of Wight has been phenomenal since COVID, as an example. But yeah. it's about taking everything into account, long-term capital growth, yield, and, and the combination of all of it. And, and I think this, oh, there is bad investments. I was about to say there's never a bad investment. There is. But, you know, <laughs> as long as you do your due diligence and research, you know, you, you, you can edge your bets against it long-term. Definitely. I think that research is key. That is key. Mm. I guess for everyone listening uh, at the moment, and they're probably wondering why we're re referencing the Isle of Wight, but Charlie lives on the Isle of Wight uh, and also does some work over there. So that is uh, that is the reason for it. Um, yeah. I, I guess if we... <laughs> the motherland. So, um, okay, I guess at the moment, so going back to API Global and your role uh, in Europe for as a regional director, um, are you seeing areas at the moment that are seeing significantly more investment in comparison to others? Um, is there, you know, hotspots? Are you seeing, are you seeing trends in the market would, over there? I would say these trends have been going now for a few years, actually. Um, and again, there was talk about whether it would slow up, but if anything, it's just increased. So the Northern Powerhouse has been a real focus, and I've gone through this with you in the past, Chris. You know. Um, the, the government has invested billions, overseas investors have invested lots of money. So we're still seeing the Birmingham's fly in, for example. Uh, Nottingham has really come up in the last 15, 18 months. It's huge demand in Nottingham. Manchester, Liverpool, Leeds, you know, really the Midlands, Northern Powerhouse have been overall absolutely flying. Um, and, we're, and the investment hasn't slowed up. Um, if anything, as I've said, it's, it's it's got better. Yeah, that's interesting. And have you seen a shift in the way in which people are investing? You know, back well, when I was working with you, there was a heavy focus on off-plan uh, unit mm. or apartment purchases. Um, have you seen a shift towards, you know, townhouses or house and land equivalents um, or similar things to that? I think but prior to COVID, we had a lot of off-plan uh, investment that was a predominant investment from overseas or locally was that uh, but what happened with COVID everyone sort of uh, saw an opportunity and they wanted ready done buildings in terms of uh, stamp duty benefits etc so what we have specifically seen yes is we've had to find the demand um, find the supply to, to fit the demand we've got on ready completed developments. I mean, there's a lot of people are still going towards, if it's city-based, they're still going towards apartments because I think the reality is I think in long-term, they're always got the demand in cities long-term. Uh, but absolutely, it's, it's just more gone towards ready done. Um, however, now we're coming back out of the stamp duty holiday, we're seeing investors being opened back up yeah, to the off-plan. So I think the stamp duty holiday in, in the UK for investors that could benefit from the stamp duty, they did change their, their drive towards completed builds, whether that be townhouses or, or apartments. That's interesting. Could you see them, um, the government, 
bring yet another incentive or initiative to to encourage more per, or more buying. Um, obviously, stamp duty has been removed. There is the mortgage assistance that I believe is still going at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's the ninety five percent government backed mortgages. Um, mm-hmm. But can you see anything else coming similar to that stamp duty holiday or concession to to help people get on the ladder or grow their portfolio? I think. I, I personally was among the opinion where the demand was still so high, I didn't think we really needed the stamp duty holiday. Don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining, it was great. It, it, it drove uh, some people that maybe wouldn't have considered to do property. So uh, I didn't really feel the need of it. I mean, the, the market was flying anyway. Um, and I think they've gone on a lot longer than anyone could have anticipated. So I'd be surprised if they continue yeah. on with a stamp duty stance. Uh, the help to buy 95% loan values are definitely, I think, they, they really are trying to encourage first-time buyers to get on the market. So yeah. that, yeah, I can see that lasting for a little while yet. But I think stamp duty, they've got, to, it's got, to, they've got to draw a line in it. You know, the first 250,000 yeah. is still free up to the end of September, for example. So, you know, that that was a surprise. A lot of people bizarrely don't know that the amount of investors or first-time buyers or home movers that actually have no idea about the end of September, the 250 is still free. Um, so I think, yeah. to be honest, I think they, can't, they can't. They've got to make money. They can't keep doing it. <laughs> no, exactly. They've got to make something back at the end of the day. So it's a business to them as well. They need their money. That's interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. I guess, have, have you been working on European markets, let's say, you know, Spain or Portugal or, or Germany? Have you seen much investment move into places like that obviously in portugal there's still the the visa benefits i suppose yeah. that's still in play where you can uh, you can get your golden visa um but have portugal. you have you noticed you know an influx of yeah yeah so portugal, portugal. definitely that sort of started prior to covid and again um sort of continued yeah and and also maybe increased i would suggest in terms of statistics you can get lots of different statistics obviously um but what we've seen with with uh portugal is the lifestyle demand uh yeah and then the the visa obviously the visa has been one of those so portugal has been a drive i think what we've seen trends wise in the last you know six years have sort of just continued so germany and portugal where uk property has always been the powerhouse of Europe in terms of investment. Um, And then what you've seen over recent years is is Germany and Portugal sort of following suit. Then you get the other little niche areas, your Marbella's um, in Spain, some some of them. Some of the areas like that, you know, so yeah, don't get wrong, it's not just Portugal and Germany, but what you've seen over the last um, few years is a real drive towards those areas. I think, the German market is is still flying certain areas. Um, I mean, you and I looked into Berlin yeah. before. That's yeah, flying. Berlin. Portugal's really, really took a step up in the last, uh, well, 15 months. Yeah. Albeit it's been pretty tricky for UK yeah. investors because um, the rules of visiting and you know all, yeah. all the quarantine rules have made that difficult. But what I've seen is there's been a lot of hands-off investors, which... Funnily enough, in the past, people in England, everyone's been happy with hands-off investment. You know, they, they will make a hands-off yeah. investment, but when it comes to the Portugals of the world, they'd like to visit. I mean, maybe because of the sun and gulf, who knows, but they like to visit 
and to see the physical side of it. And I think that at the very start of COVID put a little dampener on it, but then at, as, yeah. soon as, as soon as the start went, it was back to normal. Sure. That's interesting. I was in Portugal a couple of weeks ago with uh, with an old developer or one of my old man's developing friends. And he was saying that, yeah, over the last 18 months, it's been uh, absolutely crazy with the amount of investment coming in. And people even just in the UK that have been trying to escape COVID and then ended up yeah. almost just living there now, moved over. It wasn't their intention initially. And now they've yeah, just uh, packed up shop in the UK, yeah, lots of lifestyle in Portugal and yeah. yeah, well, you can work. I think it's a big, big driver in it. Definitely. Yeah, the way in which we work now is different. It's uh, more flexible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to living on uh, the coast in Portugal. I think yeah, it'd be a nice place to live. But it's, it's interesting to see it happening. Not you're not, you're not far away from okay, anything, sorry. are you? Um, in terms of Europe, you're not far away from anything. So we have, you know, I think UK. I mentioned's always been the powerhouse because I think long term the growth in the uk market's always been the strongest but portugal the visa bit was a real bit that started that drive you know as soon as they done the visa, people were using that and, exactly uh, and it's a lovely place as well i guess so uh, yeah it'll be and it'll be interesting now as well with uh brexit all gone through and uh how other countries i suppose there might be more that follow in suit to portugal and, mm. and implement a similar process of similar similar rule but I guess that'll come with time, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. I guess going back to the UK, actually, at the moment, where are you in the UK specifically? Is because when we were working together, Birmingham was kind of the the hot spot. We'd say we we were mm -hmm. almost pushing Birmingham the most, and HS2 had a lot to do with that, uh, which is the high speed rail for people listening that connecting London to Birmingham um, in yeah forty five minutes or fifty minutes. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's still. Yeah, and that's it, still on, it acted um, almost like a, okay. It's interesting. I was uh, at Euston the other day, and uh, it's it's coming up quickly. Or well, the station itself is is yeah coming up very quickly now, and I believe the lines are down. So it's um it'll be good, and it'll be interesting to see how people respond. They've still got a few years to finish it, but um, but yeah, that's the real yeah. drive. But I mean, I think what what the government recognised in is that they relied on London a lot. Um, and they wanted to create multiple cities in the UK. So that's why the HS2 just brings into play the Manchester's, Birmingham's, Liverpool's, you know, Nottingham's, all the, all the north, hence why they call it the Northern Powers. Yeah. And I think if we're looking at <laughs> the last 12 months, um, again, it was all doom and gloom. Uh, everyone, every young, yeah. am I allowed to say unqualified, probably unqualified person on the news saying the property market can crash. <laughs> well, Actually, Liverpool's yeah. grown by 7% in the last 10 months. Manchester's wow. grown by 7%. Wow. Nottingham's grown by 6%. Uh, Birmingham, That's incredible. actually sl slightly slower rate than its norm, but still 5%. Um, Leeds, over 5%. You know, So actually, when you start looking at it, this, this um, property crash was just brought up yeah. by a scaremonger opinion in... in Yes. it's incredible it's incredible to look at it and i guess we can relate that to to australia as well and 
this month alone, yeah. Sydney saw 3%, Mel- uh, Brisbane saw 2%, and Melbourne saw 1.8%. So for the year across the country, they've seen an increase of 13.5%, which has been incredible to see. And this, like you're saying, though, people people can come in and scare, uh, scare the public and tell them there's going to be a massive housing crash. But people need somewhere to live at the end of the day. And if there's a – you've got low interest rates at the moment as well. Um, Absolutely. It's it's just almost uh, and with the all all the stimulus in place as well to to help people get onto the ladder. It's um it's almost the perfect time to be buying. People can't spend their money out at the pub or you know on a ho- expensive holiday around Europe. They've they've got savings there now, which makes a massive That's a difference. That's a good point. I think people have also yeah. reflected with with COVID. I think lots of people have reflected on their lifestyles and and what's important and whether that's their long-term financial security or have they done enough or or they might want to spend all their money, you know, who, who knows, whatever way around they've gone. Yeah. But I think, and, and you see that in the housing market, you said there's always somewhere, people need to live somewhere. People are still working full-time from home now. Um, they have money sitting in, in their bank account. They can't go to the pub, they can't go on extravagant holidays. And I think the way in which we, we want to spend our money has changed now and with the government stimulus is in place and, um, and and the and you know you've got your stamp duty holidays, the the way in which we we spend our money and to get on the property ladder is a lot more easy now, an easier process you could say, um, and I think that's it's been a big driver, which is why we're seeing these growths. I think, like I mentioned, it's that that part of um, people just actually reflecting on what they do and don't do as well, or what they'd like to do better with, and and I think reality is when you sit there and think about the amount of money you potentially waste on nights outs or. Uh, food here or coffees yeah. here there and everywhere <laughs> you know it, I think um, people look at property and, and I had a couple of um, I guess I know friends really who and have earned very good money during their career but never considered property not because they didn't think it was a good investment just because they were living their lives and living to their means and enjoying themselves and I think what happened over the last year about 15 months is they themselves are like wow okay I'm in my thirties. I've not bought a house. Don't know why. I've earned far yeah. more than the average person. And it took that for them to actually exactly. sit down and realise, wait a minute, I need to think about my financial security long term when I want to retire. And uh, and both of those friends that I'm talking about um, have gone on to buy a couple of properties each in the last fifteen months, as not right. to live in, but just purely for investment. And again, if we look at the U, I, I I can look at the UK market. It's only ever taken 14 years for a property equity value to double. So if you're investing on the basis wow. that it's a medium-term investment, yeah. you know, five years plus, then it doesn't matter if you're going to sell it again. Quite frankly, uh, so no, you're, you're going to make money on it. It's mm. it's going to increase in, in value on that capital growth. So definitely, have you? I guess that can move us on to the next question around. Um, you know, has your mindset changed towards investing since COVID? Have you, you know, have you seen, uh, and even Brexit actually has has the mentality towards investing for you changed, and and the people that you're dealing with over in the UK or Europe or where be it? I think um, Brexit in certain areas has done very well for the UK. So, so there was again a lot of scaremongering on the press and investment. Um, and and to be quite frank, it never really stopped Brexit. Didn't stop the investment. So I think. Um, but what Brexit did do is maybe certain overseas investors that were thinking more homely. They did look towards the coastal areas. 
So we saw a drive from certain areas. I mean, we talk about the Isle of Wight where I live, for example. Brexit drove a lot of people that were maybe considering moving to Spain. Well, okay, where's the closest comparable? The Isle of Wight. So, so Brexit done very well for the coastal areas, but you know the the, the southern areas um, and and certain places like that. Whereas, I think it didn't really change anything in terms of the city investment. It didn't change anyone's view. Uh, personally, I think yeah. Uh, to me, COVID and Brexit. Uh, Brexit, I never really was phased about. I, I saw uh, the international investments were coming into the UK from overseas investors, and equally, you know, I could see UK-based investors continue investment. So, so to me, it was never a concern. We did get a lot of hesitation. I would suggest around just before, um, you know, just the end of two thousand and eighteen, start of nineteen, you did get a some of the lower level investors maybe who've got two or three properties they were starting to think oh should i buy anymore because yeah. is, what, is it going to make it crash and and I, and and i i stuck to my guns back then right. and i said no it's not going to do anything and i was right you know it hasn't so yeah. um no. I, I, believe, I believe in the investment yeah. leading and bouncing now yeah yeah i believe in it i think i think yeah. COVID yeah. made everyone i come back i said it a minute ago i do think covid maybe made people re-evaluate re mm. where they want to invest so um some people very direct i'm yeah. only going to invest in london or i'm only going to invest in my local town wherever it might be i do think covid had a bigger oh. effect in people's mindset of where i invest now that might be down to multiple reasons maybe they want the idea of having a nice seaside place or a nice city place vice versa but it's definitely made yeah. people think about where they want their investments more than Brexit did. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess it's it's good to see that there's still the interest from Brits or or Europeans wanting to invest cross border, mm. essentially. So it hasn't it hasn't shut off the investment from overseas yeah. investment, which is we have a lot of Hong Kong investors, lot, lot, Hong yeah. Kong, South Africa. You know, there's a lot, there's yeah. a lot, lot of interest in the UK property from overseas. So not, not just Europe. It's predominantly outside of Europe as well. So yeah. it's uh, interesting. Of course. I don't come into it's interesting. I wrote an article yesterday. Too many articles. I wrote an article, yes. Exactly. you got to keep them away. So don't blame them. Yeah, definitely. You spent a bit of time over there, didn't you? I have. There for a while. One of the one of the best places I've visited, I think. Uh, I, I call them Aussies. Yeah. But Australians respect their their country. You know, they look after it, um, and that that that's one of the key things that stood out yeah. to me. Actually, is the way in which they looked after their country. Um, yeah. You know, respected things they had, and, and I thought it was an amazing place. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. It's I'm going back to the article I wrote yesterday. Though I, they were talking about international investment, and mm. um, I think for the first time in well, it's been two years now, but the United States and United Kingdom and Singapore have overtaken China in, in terms of investment into the Australia, which is massive considering that in 2015, China contributed $32 billion worth of uh, money into, into the market. So mm. it's good to see that there is now interest from places like the UK or the States and they see the opportunity over there. And like you said, I think Australia is quite, they're very, well, we're very, 
proud of the country that Australia is. It's a beautiful place to live and very fortunate to to live over there. So I think, um, yeah, it, I think that's going to continue to go once borders open as well. Obviously, they've got the strict border closures at the moment. Yeah. But once borders open, it's uh, it's going to be a madhouse, I think. There's all that pent-up demand, which will be interesting to see. Really interesting when they open borders. Where, where Australia has been very strict with the borders. Um, I do. I, I probably. I agree. I'd, yeah. I'd be surprised if it doesn't kick on like that. Yeah. Exactly. Let's hope so. Um, I guess final question that I think we'll we'll get to now, um, and I've chosen to do the what does a wealthy life mean to you, um, and I guess what do you, what's wealth to you essentially? What's your perspective on it? Obviously, some people want the the jazzy cars and the the fancy lifestyle and the the house the big houses, but to a lot of people as well, it's the passive income and and feeling safe. And anyway, yeah. Let let you let you explain a bit about your approach to it. <laughs> uh, uh, to be fair, COVID um, and, and the loss of my little sister last year t- maybe changed my answer here. Uh, maybe prior to my sister passing okay. away, I might have had a different opinion. But the one thing, and I'll come back to when I was seven years old, I looked at my parents and my um, family, and they were able to give their children and themselves a comfortable lifestyle. So to me, wealth is living comfortably. Now, I've never been, albeit I've gone against it in the last couple of weeks, but one for the fancy cars and things like that. You, you know I bought a Mustang. So I've got, <laughs> I'm hypocritical yeah. about one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> historically, I've always been along the minds of, I just want to be comfortable. And what comfortable means to me is if I want to go on holiday for three months tomorrow, I'll go on holiday tomorrow. If I want to treat my son or my wife or whoever to what they want, I will. I'm not saying I do because I'm pretty stingy, but I know that I'm in the position. <laughs> and, and, and fortunately for me, yeah. property has given me that, that comfortable lifestyle where I do have that passive income. And when I did go to Australia for a few months, I, it enabled me to go there without worrying about money, where, whether I needed to work. I could go there and enjoy it. So to me, I think it's that life, work-life balance of, making sure you spend and you're able to spend that time with your family and friends because to be quite frank you could have all the money in the world and if you don't see them what's the point um, that, that's what wealth is to me anyway exactly well that's a good one it's a good answer i guess yeah, uh, yeah it's I good to get different perspectives my, on it yeah. i did go against all of that when i bought the mustang but uh but that was just something where i thought well, <laughs> <laughs> why not enjoy it splash out enjoy it exactly how is the mustang i bet you're uh, you spotted or heard the whole way around the isle of Wight. yeah uh, it was one of those childhood <laughs> things again i come back to the the comfort it's a childhood thing that i never done uh, and uh and yeah i think maybe the, way, i don't want to be morbid but maybe the passing of my sister made me think well do you know what i've worked hard i've got properties yeah. all over the place I've looked after my family and friends, so why not have a car? Because I normally drive around in a full electric little seat exactly. that is not fancy. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Doing the doing the environment some good there, mate. That's, that's it. That's what we like. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for, for jumping on to ch- today, Charlie. Uh, I appreciate it. It's been good to chat to you and good to catch up again. It's been too yeah. long, so we need to get you over to London or Let's get over to the Isle of Wight, actually, and, and catch up and, and check yeah. it out. I'll so it's, it's been good, and thank you very much. And 
you'll be up this weekend. In a couple of weeks, I'll be up in London anyway, so I'll, I'll let you know when I'm up. Cool. Definitely. Keep me posted and I'll, uh, it'll be good to catch up. We'll go from there. But thank you, Charlie. I hope you uh, you have a wonderful rest of your week. And thank you for jumping on the podcast. We all really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.